just before we get into the message, uh, just a couple announcements for you. Hey, there's a couple, so just hang in there. If you have notes, maybe write the announcements down on your notes so you don't forget these. Uh, a lot of cool things happening, some really cool things maybe uh, that you want to know about. Hey, if you haven't signed up for summer camp, don't forget to do that. Uh, July 9th through the 13th, we're going down to New Mexico, Glorietta. Uh, still a student life, just like last year, just a different place, different location, same amount of fun. I was looking at the, uh, the camp, uh, I think on Monday. Hey, y'all check this out. Hey, let's put phones away. Let's just, hey, any distractions, let's just set aside for a few minutes, right? Like your phone, Snapchat, Instagram, all that's going to wait for a little bit. You don't need it anyways. Like give me 30 minutes, God will speak to you. And trust me, all that stuff will wait for you. Your newsfeed will refresh and it'll still all be there, all right? But hey, I was looking at some of the activities at summer camp. They've got like uh, girls, some of y'all might like this. Guys, listen, y'all going to get in trouble with this. They have a mud pit. I didn't even know about that. I'm sitting there thinking, Lord, what have I walked ourselves into? All these kids are going to go get mud all over the dorms. Now they got a mud pit. They got go-karts. They got, they have archery, like bows and arrows. Listen, listen, I'm just going to go ahead and tell y'all right now. Some of y'all don't need to go anywhere near the bows and the arrows. Bad things will happen if you, if you go there. Some of y'all just, boys, maybe we just need to say, hey, girls can go do the archery, boys. Y'all just sit this one out for a minute. Middle school boys with a bow and an arrow? Mm. A little sketchy. All right. Hey, but hey, but hey, most importantly, most importantly, though, guys, we're going to spend a week uh, diving into God's word, growing closer to him in our relationships, and growing closer to one another. Guys, your, your peers, those sitting around you, they are some of the people that will help you get through the toughest times of life. If you'll take time just to find godly friends and find friends that care about you and help you in those times. And the, guys, I really believe that summer camp, that's a place where you can grow those relationships. All right, something I think all y'all are going to like. Drop in tonight. We got some fresh middle school merch. All right, we're going to put some pictures up there. All right, we got this nice... Nice blue crew neck for the girls. I know, right? Nice blue crew neck for the girls. We got this black hoodie for the boys. Hey, but don't worry. There, there's a white version of it. Looks really good. Hey, and then we got this retro hoodie. Yeah, it looks good. Hey, you know what's cool? Uh, all of these designs have a long sleeve and a short sleeve t-shirt option that goes with it, except for the blue crew neck. We only did the crew neck for the blue one. Uh, but everything else, T-shirts, uh, short sleeve, long sleeve, hoodies, all that good stuff. So we'll send out a link to your parents. You can order it all online. It'll get shipped to the church, and you can pick it up at midweek once it all gets in. Sound good? All right, hey, a couple more things that you care about. Hey, coming up, before you know it, Easter will be here. Uh, the Wednesday after Easter, we're doing small group hangouts. Uh, so really, leaders, uh, tonight, go ahead and begin to have the conversation of, hey, like, what would we maybe want to do? Uh, for a small group hangout, because what's going to happen is we'll get back from spring break next week, and small group hangouts is in like three weeks, and so let's go ahead and start thinking about it, because we lose a week next week. That way, we can go have some fun, hang out with our friends in small groups. Hey, the first Wednesday we get back from spring break, uh, we are doing a small group food drive. We, we started telling you all about this, and then like so much was happening, so we just said, hey, let's push it to the end of February. So we're doing a small group food drive. The way this will work, the, the small group that brings in the most items that are on the list we'll send out 
We'll throw you a big pizza party or ice cream party in small group. Sixth grade girls came in strong with the Christmas store competition. Yeah, came in strong. Yeah, Shelby really helped y'all out there with all like 250 points in devotionals. That was wild. All right, last thing. Hey, spring break is next week. So sad announcement. We don't have midweek next week. Because, hey, but, but here's the reality. Most of y'all are probably going somewhere way cool, right? Some of y'all are probably going to like Hawaii or I don't know. I'm going to the beach. I'm going to Florida. So y'all have fun freezing in Colorado. I'm going to be at the beach. All right, hey, there at the bottom of your notes, there at the bottom of your notes, there's a connect card. Uh, we would love for you to fill that out. The most important thing is there on the back. Hey, listen to this, because uh, I really believe that this is one of the, the biggest things you could do all night. Right? We all have stuff going on in our lives, whether it's good, and th- those are things that we need to celebrate and thank God for, or things that maybe we're struggling with, things that we're praying to God, asking for him to help us. Uh, there on the back, just write down your prayer requests, anything you're praising God for. We pray over these every single week as a middle school team. Uh, we thank God for the things happening in your life. Pray for him to help you in, in the struggles that you're facing. Uh, you can put your name on the front. We, we love to know who we're praying for, but if you don't and you're like, hey, I don't feel comfortable doing that, that's, that's okay too. Most importantly, we just want to know how to pray. God knows who you are. But after the message, you can put them in the white bucket back there on the back of the table. Sound good? Hey, let's pray. And then we're going to jump into the message. Uh, God, we are just so thankful uh, to be able to come to midweek tonight and just spend some time uh, digging into your word. God, seeing through the Old Testament what it is that you have for us. God, how your words thousands of years ago still apply to our lives today. God, we're so grateful for your word that never fails, never grows old. It's always applicable to our lives. There's always something that you're trying to teach us and say to us. And so God, tonight I pray that we would have open hearts to hear your word. God, a difficult prayer to pray is that we ask that you would challenge us tonight, that you would change us tonight. God, that we would leave midweek tonight different than when we came. God, that, that's a prayer I pray for myself, I pray for these students, I pray for these leaders, God, that you would just transform our lives tonight. Show up, show out. In your name we pray, amen. All right, well, hey, we started last week a brand new series called This Is Our Story. Right, and you may remember if you were here last week, uh, we, we said we wanted to spend some time focusing on the Old Testament. And here's why. Right, I think over the years, over hundreds of years, thousands of years, right, the Old Testament has largely been seen as a history book. Now, I don't know about you, but when you're in history class, uh, I view it more as just like information on things that have happened. Right, I don't really read a history book thinking, man, how does the American Revolution apply to my life today? I don't know about you. It's just not how I read a history book. Right? I read the history book and go, man, that's great. George Washington was the first president. Doesn't affect my life at all. And, and to a large degree, we have written the Old Testament off as a history book. Right? A lot of people like will read the New Testament because we think the New Testament is really... Uh, relatable to us, right? Jesus literally tells us, hey, live this way, say these things, don't do this, don't do that, right? Jesus in the New Testament, like, just puts it plain English, super easy, kind of like a how-to-do-life video, how to live your life, 
right? He makes it super easy. Step one, this. Step two, this. The Old Testament, there's a lot of history, but it's not a history book, right? The Old Testament is just as relatable to our lives as the New Testament. And so through this series, we just want to help you see that so that maybe you'll, you'll find a love for God's word like many of your leaders have, that I have, that just when we read God's word, right, we just feel like God is speaking to us nonstop. So last week, we, we kicked the story or the series off with the story of Abraham and Isaac, right? And, and the whole story, what we looked at is how when we're patient, right, our patience leads to God's promises, and it, it allows God to reveal our purpose, right? And we talked about this idea of being obedient, right? If you remember back, Abraham, right, had his son Isaac, had waited 100 years for his son, has his son. And, and shortly after, God says, hey, I want you to go give your son back to me. I want you to sacrifice your son. And it said, Abraham got up early the next morning, right? Abraham didn't wait two days. He didn't go, hold up, God. You sure about this? No, he just went. And he had faith that God would provide. And so we talked about this idea of if we're patient, God will provide. God will show us his promises. God will show us our purpose. This week, uh, we're going to talk about another person in the Old Testament. Maybe you've heard of him. Hey, maybe you've not, and that's okay. Tonight, we're going to talk about the story of a guy named Moses, right? Maybe you heard of Moses. Uh, this guy, he's pretty cool. Had some crazy things happen in his life. But before we start reading part of his story, let's all get on the same page with who Moses is. All right, this guy Moses, he's an Israelite. He was born to a Hebrew family, but at the time that he's born... Pharaoh, think like the king of Egypt, just not called a king, called Pharaoh, the ruler of Egypt, puts out this law or decree, whatever you want to call it, that says, hey, all of the male babies have to be killed, right? Pharaoh was feeling threatened, and so he says, hey, if you have a Hebrew son, an Israelite son, you got to kill him. They, they cannot live. But Moses' mom, right, knew, like, loved her son, and she wasn't having it, and so she takes Moses puts him in a basket and floats him down the Nile River, just praying, God, please save my son. And what's crazy, I think it's so interesting how God works out details in this way. Pharaoh's daughter is down at the banks of the Nile River, and here comes this basket with a baby boy in it. And it's Moses. And she takes Moses and raises him as her son. So I think overnight, uh, Moses has gone from extreme poverty and more than likely slavery and servitude to being the son of the king, royalty, the son of royalty, right? Just overnight, right? His life has gone from a, a bad situation to one of the best situations in the entire country. And so what we see is that Moses lived a pretty comfortable life, but things began to not really sit well with him, right? His, his friends, his family, the people, like his people were enslaved in Egypt. And while he's living in the palace, his friends, his people are outside working, being worked to death, literally. And so we're going to pick up the story uh, in Exodus, the book of Exodus, second book of the Bible, Exodus chapter two, verses 11 through 12. We'll also read 15 here. Uh, we'll recap that and then we'll flip over to chapter three as well. Listen to this though. This is wild, guys. The Bible it's a pretty cool book. It's like an action book. Here we go. Chapter two, verse 11. It says, one day, 
After Moses had grown up, he went out to where his own people were and he watched them at their hard labor. Get this, he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his own people, looking this way and that and seeing no one, he killed the Egyptian and hit him in the sand. Guys, we got an episode of Dateline happening right here before us. Murder mystery, cold cases, right? Moses, right, he walks out, his front door, he's like, oh, what a beautiful day. He's like, hey, that's my people. Why are you beating up my guy? And he goes, hey, I'm not having it. I got his back. Takes a brick and just like whops him over the head. And he buries him in the sand. But catch this, Moses knew what he was doing was wrong. And if he didn't catch it, he didn't just go up and hit the guy. He checked to make sure no one was looking first. He looked this way and that, didn't think anyone saw him or was paying attention. And when he thought the coast was clear, when he thought no one would see his sin, he goes and murders a guy. He knew it was wrong. And then he doesn't just leave him out there. He hides the evidence, right? Moses knew what he did was wrong. Verse 15, this is what it says. When Pharaoh heard of this, he tried to kill Moses. But Moses fled from Pharaoh and went to live in Midian, where he sat down by a well. Moses went from poverty to royalty to being a refugee. His life has now changed again overnight. Moses is now living on the run. If Pharaoh or someone from Egypt finds him, they will kill him for what he did. At best, he'll be thrown in prison the rest of his life and tortured. But probably killed for what he did. So he's living on the run. Exodus chapter three, though, God has a different plan for his life. Check this out. Exodus three, verses one through six. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law. Moses has gotten married at some point after he murders this guy. The priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, guys, just imagine being Moses here for a minute. How just like mind-blowing this would be. Though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, hmm, I'll go over and see this strange sight. I bet he did. Why does the bush not burn up? When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. Moses has a completely wild story. Now, many of you may not be murdering the people around you. Hey, I would highly advise not doing that. It's probably not a good idea. But what I can tell you is we all make mistakes. And what I do know is that a lot of times when we make these mistakes we feel like we have to run from them. We feel like maybe we're constantly running from our past, the mistakes we made in our past. Maybe we feel like they're defining us and we just don't feel like we can get far enough away from those mistakes. Maybe we've messed up at school and maybe people have labeled us. 
Maybe people have labeled you at school and you just don't feel like you can escape. That like everywhere you turn, people are reminding you, hey, remember when you did that? Or hey, you remember when you said this? We may not be a murderer, but we've all made mistakes that we regret. Moses, no doubt, regretted making this mistake. But even though he had made one of the worst, like, side note, Moses eventually gets the Ten Commandments from God, one of which is do not murder. Interesting. Okay. Even though Moses made a terrible mistake, what does God do? God meets him where he's at. God goes to him and meets him in his mess and says, hey, I'm going to use you. And what we see is, first thing here is that God, God uses people with messy backgrounds. God uses people with messy backgrounds. If God was looking to use someone with a perfect background, he wouldn't have chosen Moses. Guys, he wouldn't have chosen me. He wouldn't choose you. But here's the thing. God uses people with messy backgrounds. He used Moses. He used Abraham. He, he uses me, he uses your leaders. Guys, he wants to use you despite your past, despite your mistakes. And again, I don't know about you, but I feel like the mistakes sometimes in my life disqualify me from being used by God. I don't know, like maybe, maybe I'm the only one in this room that has ever felt that, like, man, like the mistakes that I've made, like, God, how could you ever use someone like me? God, surely the things that I've done, like, you wouldn't want to come anywhere near me. Chances are, maybe you've thought that at some point too. When I uh, was a senior in high school, uh, God called me to student ministry. God said, hey, uh, we talked about this some a couple weeks ago. Like, I just didn't know what to do with my life. I thought I was going to do all these different things. And finally, God said, nope, I want you to go into ministry, and I want you to start with student ministry. I want you to go preach my word to students. And I said, God, uh, uh, you sure about that one? I, do you know what I've done? And I've shared part of my testimony with you guys before. When I was in eighth grade, I got into stuff I never should have gotten into. I started watching things I shouldn't watch, uh, hanging out with friends that I should never have hung out with, which got me in trouble all the time. Right, when I was in middle school and high school, <laughs> you, like, you asked my parents. They're shocked <laughs> that I turned out all right. I'm sure of it. Because I, I was a, by all means, like a stereotypical bad kid. I did not make good choices. And here, here God is. I, I feel like God is calling me to go into ministry. I'm sitting here going, God, are you sure about this? Because I don't feel qualified. I feel like the things that I've done, surely there's someone who's lived a better life. Maybe you should use them. At the time, I didn't understand the power of God's grace. And God's grace, guys, is a very beautiful thing. You know, God's grace and his forgiveness, they have this way of, right, when we bring him our sin, he just gets rid of it. Now, I just want you for a minute to imagine, like, this sheet of paper, and you just, whatever, whatever sin, mistake, regret you're hanging on to, just, like, picture that right here on this paper. And let this just be your sin, your mistakes, your regrets for a minute. 
Because what God does is he says, hey, just give it to me. Give it to me. And he takes it. And he does away with it. Now, here's the thing, though. Follow me on this. God gets rid of our sin. But when he does that, we think there's still ashes there. We still think there's crumbs, leftovers. There's nothing there. There's no ashes. There's nothing. Right, God's grace doesn't just like get rid of most of it and leave the dirt and the mess and the, the ashes behind. No, like God gets rid of it and says, hey, it's gone. Jesus paid for it on the cross. He died for your sin already. He says, hey, there, there, it's gone. It's in the past. We're not going back there. Clean slate, move on. We're the ones that keep going back to it. And Moses did that too. Guys, God's grace is greater than your mistakes. God's grace is greater than your mistakes. Somewhere along the line, right, we got this idea in our head that God's love and grace could never overcome our sin. Maybe it could come, uh, like, overcome our friend's sin, but not my sin. No, my sin, it's too great. Jesus, that's great and all that you died for. Everyone else's sin but mine. But that's not the truth. That's a lie that Satan wants you to believe. Satan wants you to stick in your past and look at the ashes of the mistakes that you've made. But God's already gotten rid of it. God says, hey, I, I've called you to do big things and great things for the kingdom of God. Hey, you're a middle school. You're sixth, seventh, eighth grade. But guess what? I got big plans for you. I want to use you. I want you to make a difference in the lives of those around you. And just as God met Moses in his mess, God meets us in our mess. That's not on your notes, but I would, I would write that down because maybe that's something you just need to remind yourself every day. When you make a mistake that you just regret, remember, hey, God meets me in my mess. God meets me in my mess. Let's keep reading Exodus chapter 3, 9 through 10. We're going to read two more verses here. Here's what it says. God speaking to Moses says, and now the cry of the Israelites has reached me. And I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I? Who am I that I should go? I find this really interesting because God goes to Moses who has a messy background and calls him to go to the person he's running from. Think about that for a minute. God calls Moses to go back <laughs> to the person that's trying to kill him. And God wants to use Moses to ultimately speak God's truth to this person. Now, I don't know about you, but maybe you've made mistakes against someone, and maybe God's calling you to go back to that person to ask for forgiveness and share the love of Christ with them. I don't know. You know whether or not that's the case. But what I do know is that God calls us for a specific purpose. Right? God didn't just look at Moses and say, hey, dude, Moses, let's chat for a minute. You know what would be really great? Like maybe, just maybe, 
Maybe if you would think about going to share God's word with someone. Maybe go let a couple people know about me. Yeah, hey, do this, like believe in me and have this thing called faith in me. And maybe it would be great if you just go share that with a couple other people too. That's not what he says, right? Look back at the scripture in verse 10. God says, now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh. God is very specific with how he calls Moses, right? Last week, we talked about how our purpose is to be obedient, right? As a student, your purpose is to be obedient in the classroom, to share the love of God in the class. <laughs> You're a teacher. Your purpose is to share God's love in the classroom. As a son or a daughter, your purpose is to be obedient at home, to share the love of God, the truth of God, the grace of God with your family members. Hey, as a believer in Christ, when you come to midweek, your purpose is to be obedient and help your peers come to know Jesus on a deeper level. Hey, in your friend group, your purpose is to be obedient and set the example. Not be a follower, but set the example that Christ would want you to set. That is your purpose. So you have a specific purpose. You have a specific purpose every single day. In Matthew 28, 19 through 20, it's the Great Commission. Right? Many of us may know it, maybe you haven't. Jesus, looking to his disciples, says, now go and make disciples. Go and make disciples. That is Jesus' final words to us is go make disciples. That is your purpose. Your purpose is to make disciples wherever you are. Simply put, your purpose is to share the gospel with everyone all the time. Your purpose is to share the gospel with everyone all the time. Now, let me let you in on a little thing. A lot of times we think like, hey, sharing the gospel is scary because we got to go talk to random people we don't know. Or that like we just got to be super obnoxious with it. That's not what God's calling you to do. God's calling you to be faithful where you're at. To share the gospel where you're at. Right, maybe you've seen one of the guys that stands on the street corner with a megaphone. He's like, you're all going to hell if you don't believe in Jesus. Right, maybe you've seen those people. Hey, not effective. Don't do it. Don't go, don't go tell your parents to buy you a bullhorn off Amazon. Don't go stand downtown Denver on a, a street corner and start yelling the gospel at people. No one likes that. No one also likes the people that go, hey, hey, let me tell you about the gospel. Hey, can I tell you about Jesus? No one likes that person. They're weird. It's awkward. People run from that. They're creepy. No one likes that. Don't be that person at school. Don't do it. But hey, I bet you Preston and his friend group with the friends that he has could share the gospel with his friends. And you know what? They would listen to him because they have this thing called a relationship. Or Haley and her friend group could share the gospel with them because she has this thing called a relationship with them. There's no agenda except for caring about them and loving them to the point that you want what is best for them. Now, as a student, you can do this. You can do this. You just have to be willing to be obedient. And I would encourage you every morning when you wake up, maybe write this on your mirror. I don't do something with it, but ask yourself this question. God, 
Who do you want me to share your truth with today? That's a simple question, but it's a powerful question. And what I know is that if you actually begin praying this and asking God every morning, God, would you show me someone today? Just one person, one person around me and show me one person that I can share your love with, your truth with, your grace with, your forgiveness with, I, I, I guarantee you he will show you that person. God is faithful like that when we are faithful to him. Final thing that we see through the story of Moses is that God prepares us for our calling. Right in the beginning of Exodus 11, uh, or excuse me, Exodus 3 verse 11, right, Moses begins his like list and series of excuses. Right, I read part of it. He says, Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? He's starting easy. God, who am I? Right, you know I got a past. You know I got a history with this guy. Who am I? Maybe there's someone better. Chapter four, verse one, he says this. Moses answered to God, what if they do not believe me? Or what if they do not listen to me? And they say, the Lord did not appear to you. God, what if I go start telling people, this story, and I, dude, that didn't happen. Show me some proof. You ever ask that? God, what if they just don't listen to me? God, what if they don't believe what I'm saying? What if I don't know enough? What if I don't know enough about God's word? They might think I'm weird, and they won't believe me. God, maybe I shouldn't do this. Maybe I shouldn't share your word with these people. How about this? Moses in uh, chapter four, verse 10. Moses said to the Lord, uh, pardon me, Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. Moses had a stutter. Moses couldn't talk, talk really well. He wasn't like the best public speaker in the world. God, listen, if you really want Pharaoh to come to know you and your truth, maybe you should send someone that's a little better at English. Maybe you should send someone that's a little better at talking. They didn't speak English. Look, I know. You ever ask God, like, God, are you sure you want me to go share God? Because I just, I don't know what I would say. I just don't know that I would talk about your word the best. I don't know if I have the right words to say to that person. I, I, might, I might say something a little off. Guess what, guys? God's greater than anything you could ever say. God is greater than your mistakes. Verse 13 of chapter four, Moses, he finally goes, listen. Moses said, pardon your servant, Lord. Please just send somebody else. Moses just didn't want to do it. So all he's got left is God, hey, I just, please just send somebody else. I just, Pharaoh, I killed one of his people. He wants to kill me. I just, I don't want to go. Please send somebody else. But God says, no, I, I am going to send you, right? Maybe when God calls you to, to share his love with someone, you say, ah, I'm too busy. I don't have time. I don't know him. May I, I just don't want to, or I don't know enough. You have an excuse. What is it? What is your excuse? What is your excuse when God calls you to go talk to someone? All right, we all... We feel this nudge inside of us sometimes. The Holy Spirit, you get this feeling inside of you, like maybe you're supposed to go do something. Like, mm -mm, not gonna do it. They'll think I'm weird. 
What is your excuse? Because you have an excuse that you default to. We all do. For me, it's, hey, I don't have enough time. That's my excuse. I, don't, I just don't have enough time to go do this. What I think God teaches us through this story is don't make excuses. Don't make excuses. Because at the end of the day, if God wants us to do it, he's going to make it very clear to us that he wants us to do it. God didn't listen to Moses' excuses. Moses made every excuse not to go. And God says, guess what? You're still going. You ever get in this like argument with your parents? Like, mom, I don't want to do it. Well, guess what? You're going to do it. No, mom, I got this. Well, you're still going to do it. No, mom, you just don't understand. I, don't, I can't do it. Well, guess what? You're still going to do it. Don't make excuses. Guys, your life will be way better off if you would just listen to God. Problem is, is we're really bad at listening and really great at making excuses. But what I've found is that when I make excuses instead of listening to God, I miss out on some really cool things happening. Or you ever hear people share stories about how they saw God work and move in their life and in the lives of others? You know why they saw that? Why they saw God move and work that way? Because they listened to God. Because they didn't make excuses. They were obedient. They said, no matter how uncomfortable maybe this makes me, no matter how much I probably don't want to do this, God, okay. Because you've told me to do it, I'll do it. Ultimately, God was bigger than Moses' excuses. And ultimately, God is, God is way bigger than our excuses. I would also say God is worth more than our excuses. God is worth more than our priorities. God is worth more than what we think should consume our time. Right, if I think I'm busy, you know what? If God tells me to go do something or share his love with someone, guess what? Nothing else should matter except for what God has just called me to do. And whether it's your past, your insecurities, your fears, you may you don't feel like you know enough, you've just done too many things that God could never use you. He will. He will use you. And we learned this through the story of Moses. Right, several weeks ago, we talked about how the Bible is one story, one full story. It's many chapters, many books, but it's ultimately one story that points to God's character. And last week, we talked about a truth about God coming out of the story of Abraham tonight. Students, if you take anything away from tonight, yes, God wants to use you. He wants you to be obedient, but I feel like a lot of you need to just hear that God is a God of second chances. God is a God of second chances. It doesn't matter what you've done. God's grace is bigger than it. And he gives you a second chance. You know, I bet Moses was really glad that God looked through his past. The fact that he murdered somebody. I bet he's really good that God looked through his past and said, hey, I'll give you a second chance. I bet Moses was really glad that God gave him another chance even though he gave every excuse not to follow God. He got like five chances in a paragraph. Guys, God is a God of second chances. His grace is greater than anything you could do. But one thing to ask yourself, okay, God has given me a second chance. What are you gonna do with it? What are you gonna do with it? 
God's given you a second chance. Are you going to do nothing with it? Or are you going to follow God and be obedient and listen to him? Maybe you're sitting here thinking, yeah, there have been a lot of times that I've not listened to God. Guess what? When you walk out of these doors tonight, God's given you a second chance. Or a 50th chance or 100th chance. Whatever chance you're on, God's given it to you. Only you have the power to say, hey, I'm going I'm to do something different this time. My prayer for you is that you would have the courage to say, hey, God, you know what? I might not have listened previously, but you know what? Tomorrow's a new day. And when I wake up, God, I just want you to speak to me. I want you to show me who you want me to share your love with, your truth and your grace with. And God, I'm going to listen. I'm going to be obedient. Let's pray. God, I thank you for these students, for this night, for your word. God, this is a, a challenging message. It's encouraging, but it's challenging. God, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that you, when you look at our past and you look at our mistakes, God, that you forgive us and your grace is greater that you don't hold it against us. God, I'm thankful that you still use us and want to use us to make a difference. But God, it's also really challenging because a lot of times the places you call us, we don't wanna go. You call us to speak to people we don't wanna talk to. You call us out of our comfort zone and God, just frankly, sometimes we just don't wanna do it. And we give you all the excuses we can come up with, but you still say, hey, uh, my answer hasn't changed. And God, that's challenging for me. And I'm sure that's challenging for some of these students. And so God, I just pray that you would give us the courage to say, you know what, no, no matter where you call us, no matter how uncomfortable it makes us, God, we just wanna follow you because we love you. Because we wanna see you work and move in the lives of other people, but also in our life. And God, we believe that if we're obedient, God, you'll show up. We'll see you work. We'll see you move. Your presence will be undeniable. So God, I just pray for these students. God, that they would know your love, your grace, your forgiveness. But God, as they go home tonight, go to school tomorrow, that you would just show them one person who you want them to speak to who you want them to share your truth with and give them the courage to be obedient. God, as we go to small groups, continue to speak to us, challenge us, change us. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.